Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant Economist. I'm the conspiracy theorist guy on this show, Kevin. The 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 Freedom yes. Variant, but I'm free to believe in modern day conspiracy theories. You know, I'm pretty happy. Like I have one conspiracy theory that I want to put out there. We we're ruled by dumb, aggressive psychopaths. I I I think I think. That it's going to be hard to dispute. That's 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 not a conspiracy theory, Tim. That is political science. Oh, oh, oh. Um, all right. There's 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 an area of academic study. <laughs> all right. Uh, Fair enough. No, <laughs> what, what what an intro, Tim. I'm like, oh man, like I didn't I didn't even grab a real beer for this. Uh, <laughs> and then I hit you with that right away. Yeah, great. All right, cool. New direction. Fine. Roll with it. <laughs> no. But speaking of being ruled by by psychopaths, we are going to talk elections today. Of course, uh, lots of local elections that happened in New York State. So that we're, we're going to talk about that. You know, I think we'll talk about like some of the specific like consequences and, um, you know, effects and trends in our local areas. And, and maybe, you know, if you if y'all listening have some trends to point out for your area in the comments, we'd love to hear about them, love to talk about them. Um, you know, but interesting stuff going on in, in Monroe County, and I want to talk about that a bit. Yeah, good. I've got, um, you know, I've got some news from Otsego County that I, I, I feel as though you know I, I'll save it for the show, but I feel like the right thing happened, and and it's good, you know. Yeah, right on. Um, but but yeah, no. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk, and then maybe we'll get to uh, the interesting stuff like banning. Uh, coconut milk you know it's you know <laughs> uh yeah we definitely should talk about that i'm gonna make some you know i've got some thoughts on that it's beautiful all right great yeah so uh we'll talk about that stuff and maybe a few other things um and patricia wants to know if you uh she can quote you on that we're a little bit of aggressive psychopaths. Please do. <laughs> I, you can. It's on video. It's out it's, there now. I, I, I mean, it seems. It seems. It's just a conspiracy theory, right? Like I'll get dismissed and written off as a conspiracy theorist, but as Kevin pointed out, perhaps backed up by, I think he said science. Yeah, science. Trust the science, bro. Yeah, trust the science, bro. We are the science, Kevin. Yes. That's right. Um, all right. So anyway, um, we'll get to the show in five seconds. Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right. Us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wojciechowski today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. I mean, it's freezing rain. You never know what's going to happen with my internet. But I am here, and it's the, the most exciting day of the year, the day after election day it's, day it's just incredibly we learned so much about ourselves and and the directions our society is moving in 
it is educational. It is. I'll give you that. You know, but you know, it's 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 good to be doing the show after the election. Um, you know, we're, if you're listening to this on WYSL on Thursday evening, welcome. Thank you. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so that way we didn't have to make a bunch of predictions that we would end up having to be wrong about. So that's um, you know, good reason to do the show after the election. We get to be, you know, confident in the results of what has happened. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, we're there. There are certainly results there. There are consequences of the election. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about some stuff uh, in the Rochester region, in, in Monroe County, in that area. Uh, and and also what's going on in Tim's area. Tim, do you want to go first? You want to talk about like a county clerk race? Yeah. That, so look, it, it's it's kind of a wonderful event, really. Like there there is a a um a strong current of like identity politics going on in Natsigo County where um it, the standard things that the emotional things that we're seeing in society are being reflected in our local races. And and to to that end we had a a, a 49-year-old lady named um, Jennifer Basili running for Otsego County Clerk. She's been a clerk at the Otsego County Clerk's office for, you know, 15 years. Um, the, the the lady Kathleen Sinuk Gardner was retiring after 20 years of service. And so basically, we had one of the local young people in the Democratic Party who are, they're very proactive. They're very, like, looking to acquire political power that in and of itself is not bad, but to, the Otsego County clerk race didn't seem to me to be the place for for that. Like I could see a a, a representative, yes. district representative, or a town representative, but you know, get it going oh. for that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a I that was actually like going to be part of like the theme of what I wanted to talk about. Oh no, about I'm too. ruining like, it for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's actually no. It's a, it's a great like joint discussion because like something that like kind of bothers me is when you have like these these like certain types of positions right like like a town clerk where like is is an important administrative function position right like i'm even as a libertarian like this is a thing that needs to happen and it's fine if we're going to have elections for this but like there there's a legitimate administrative function that needs to be like fulfilled here it's not about your politics yeah. and people it's it's weird like uh, people try to make judge races about this too, which is interesting. Not that the judge candidates themselves, they don't talk policy like ever. They like can't, it's just not right? a thing they do. They can't. Yeah, they can't do that. But but still like voters sometimes try to make it that way. And like, you know, you'll you get these like people who run for, you know, like county clerk, town clerk, or like uh like a, a city council seat or something, and they'd be like, Yeah, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna talk about like immigration. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, what I want to do? Is- Wait, I'm gonna talk about foreign policy. Like, let's. This whole campaign's about Palestine now. Wait, what? We we had a town Sorry. board member in the city of Oneana being like, I I want to know how we can bring more immigrants to Oneana, and it's like, all right, look, you you have bigger fish to fry. Like our our parking garage is falling in the ground, right? Like you have a ten million dollar grant from the state that you've already given away most of the money to restaurants that have opened their doors and closed their doors. You've got you've got big fish to fry, buddy. Like, can you just you know concentrate on your job? So, but to bring it full circle. Right, right. The, 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 the person that lost was very gracious in defeat. Um, both of them were campaigning on having a mobile um, DMV office, which because I don't know if you remember, but back in 2020, a lot of like DMV offices closed. They cut funding for the DMV. There was people mm-hmm. weren't allowed really to go into the DMV. A lot of the DMVs weren't open anyway. 
So they closed down the, the least busy DMV of the two that we have available in Osego County. Um, and that's, it's a 30 mile drive now to get to the DMV, 40 mile drive for people to get to the DMV. Um, the situation in Southern Osceola County is it would be convenient for a lot of people to have a DMV. So, so this, um, Basili and, and the other person, um, whose name is escaping me, but his graciousness in defeat, um, McGuire Benton, it deserves like respect. So I, I, I'll look up his name for him, you know, like, and, and put it out there. Like it was cool what he said. Um, but anyways, they were both running on this mobile DMV thing where they're going to have office hours available for DMV processing in, in other parts of the county, which as a county clerk, that's kind of like, that's a good idea. Like something to, that makes life more convenient for the citizens of your county. That that's a good thing. So I'm glad that she won. Um, and she's going to do a fine job. I, I had, I had to do some business up in the clerk's office. She's great. She's very nice, very like professional, exactly what you would want from a clerk. So it's, it's beautiful. Um, and then one other, we did have one other, we had a libertarian running in, and he made me aware of it rather late. Um, well, he, he made me aware of it and then I forgot about it. And then he reminded me of it and he did pretty good. He didn't win. It was against an incumbent who is a conservative Republican, but a decent pragmatic, pragmatic guy. Um, so he did pretty good though. He got like, 30% of the vote. So it's like, that's okay, pretty good. That's not bad. It's a pretty high score yeah, for a libertarian, right. really. Yeah, right. <laughs> his, camp, exactly. his campaign platform was great. I posted it today to my Facebook page. It's just like, I want to I want to enhance opportunity in Oneana through deregulation. It was very simple and straightforward. And I want people to be able to build more affordable housing. That's it. Right. No, I mean, that, that seems like a pretty clear message. And like, you know, in terms of like being able to build stuff easier, that's a good local issue, right? Like that's a that's a thing. So, um, you know, so one of the things I would say about because like, I, you know, I'd kind of gotten into is like, you know, people bringing these national issues, these cultural war issues sometimes into like local races. And, and like it, it bugs it bugs me like it, it might be effective. It might be effective for some people like but it bugs me. And it, and it was funny because like the, the county executive race here, I, I felt like veered in that direction a handful of times. Um, So Adam Bellow, he's an incumbent. He ended up winning like pretty handily as uh, running uh, the guy running against him was a dude named Marcassini, who who came very, very close to unseating Louise Slaughter back in the day uh, for Congress and has run a couple times since uh, hasn't gotten quite as close in any of these races. Um, and, you know, the thing that like I, I think he's a smart guy, like I he probably would not remember me, but like I've talked to him like a, a couple times. Uh, seems like a smart guy. Seems like a nice guy. I, I feel like he he embraced some of the culture war stuff uh like post like 2016 I'm so um with like at least a stuff. little bit uh and maybe he always like was that way like i said i only talked to him like for all of like you know two minutes total um yeah. and uh you know like i watched the debate with them and like he, like some of the issues they bring up like he, like he made like immigration a big thing now i know like it's it's a thing there's immigrants like who are, who are staying at the holiday inn in downtown rochester but like he made that like a big big thing Right. Yeah. And and some of the stuff, too, is like, OK, like, yeah, like we're, we're going to stop all this. And, Adam, you know, Adam Bell is kind of like, well, you know, like we saw what some of these other counties did. They tried to stop this. They got sued. And, you know, we just made some changes so we could better control the terms of like how immigrants ended up here because we can't really prevent people from coming into our town if they're here 
legally, in which case, in this case, they are. So we just try to make the best of this situation. Okay, like that's right. fair. That's a pragmatic approach. I get it. And then he's just like, no, we got to stop immigration. I'm going to like fight this and I'm going to like talk to the governor and I'm going to talk to the federal government. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. And then like there, there's a few times he did it like about bail reform too. Like, oh, well, like we're going to, I'm going to advocate better to like, you know, uh, to, to change some of the bail reform stuff. I'm like, all right, like if you want to do that though, like run, run for assembly, run for Senate. Right. Like that, those are positions where you're doing those things. Right. Um, you know, like, the, the county executive, like to me, like there's there's certain roles that you're able to do within like county executive positions. And a lot of it is like administering the dictates of the state, um, which can be interesting and frustrating. And then there's some stuff that they can control to to like, you know, make life easier or more difficult for the residents of their county. And, and it felt like a lot of the discussion just kept going back to like some of these issues that were like national issues. Right. And it was so weird, too, because like a lot of this, like the the Democrats and that people point this out, like the, the Democrat got endorsed by a bunch of the police unions. He talked about spending more money on the police. Like he, he kind of tacked right a bit, like in a way that like criticized him for. And like he's just like, no, no, like he needs to do more about crime. And he needs to do I'm like, oh, no, he's already like asking to spend more money on the police. Yeah, he's already asking to like do a bunch of other stuff. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like that's. That's what it is. And and John John pointed out like voter turnout was again the issue. D's mobilized our didn't. Like Monroe County is like an interesting place in that like the city did not turn out that much. Like people were always like, oh, like of course, like the city, like no, no, no one showed up in the city. Right. Like the 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 Democrats in the suburbs did. The Democrats started making a bunch of gains. They made more gains in the county legislature. They officially have taken over the county legislature now. They took over some like uh, town council positions. They took over like, um, you know, a, a handful of like town supervisors, like that, like that type of stuff. They made a bunch of gains. And in part, like it's part of it is I, I think like some Republicans do run on these national issues. They also are probably hurt by, you know, people kind of moderating out in our area a lot. You know, a lot of people are kind of like, ah, this this culture war stuff's exhausting, and it's weird that you're running on this at a local level. And this isn't all Republican candidates. There's, there's a lot of really great ones out there, but like when you hear this stuff, it's exhausting. Or when you feel that like they have joined a party where you don't agree with this stuff, it can be exhausting. And then a lot of Republicans left too. Like frankly, a bunch of Republicans they they move to either outside counties or down south or right? left the state. So there's like a Exactly. They, they left, yeah. you know, completely. So like that, that's that's part of it, too. Like it is like a, a shift in party registration due in part to some people leaving and due in part to people just like no longer being engaged with the Republican Party. And, and I'm among them, too. I used to be a registered Republican. And I was like, I don't know. This ain't for me anymore. So I'm just going to I'm going to join this other party. Yeah. A much right? cooler. Um, and now yeah, much cooler. Yeah, party. Exactly. Much cooler. <laughs> Libertarians. Wow. Man. Uh, and uh, we're going to change the world, Kevin. That's know. that's the hope, and uh, you know, but but yeah, like the, the, there's just there's been a shift, and like it's now the Republican Party, like and it, it, it's like it's felt like this thing where they're just trying to like hold on to a little bit of what they got, like they poured a bunch of money into some like ledge races, and you know, that's it, 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 like it feels like it's been declining for a while, I, I, and there's there's been a big fight at the county level. It's it's been a whole thing. Like it just feels like they they can't do anything to shift the tide and i know a bunch of people like oh like people just said they're they're letting the county go they're letting the city go like whatever you know like but i don't know like they don't seem to be able to do anything to like build a positive vision for how people want to live in this county and uh until they can do that they're gonna lose more yeah 
Um, so I, I want to kind of take a, a shot at John's comment as well. Um, there, there is this, this, it was put forth by ABC that the Democrats do a much better job of actually mobilizing in the off cycle years where they kind of, ABC was writing well, it up. It, as, it used to be, it used to be the opposite. Right, it used well, to be what Republicans were a lot better at. It's actually the a good strategy years. though. Like you should, we should yeah. mobilize like libertarians should mobilize in off cycle years because you can win a, a good local election with a decent job for somebody with, with 150 votes in a small county. You know what I mean? Like go after it. Like yeah, it, exactly. It's and, then, and then strategy. like you, you no, And then like, and, and we, we should talk about like shifting the off cycle elections into like, you know, presidential years which is a thing that's like kind of on the table in new york state um you know but like in these these like local election years like it's it's the people it tends to be a more engaged audience it isn't isn't always but it tends to be a more engaged audience like a, a group of people who are like okay i care about like what is actually happening in my town and i'm not just voting straight ticket you know because i feel a certain way about like the president and i only vote every four years so, i mean only moderate offense to the people who vote every four years, but like there are a lot of voters who 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 do that. Sure, like it's it's a thing, um, and so it, which is why I think it's a good thing if we we keep you know these these uh, elections in in the odd years um, to make sure that like there is that opportunity to engage with people who care about like their local issues. Um, doesn't always work out, but that well it works out one way or the other and, and whether it has a positive impact or a negative impact is i think right now like uh, let, let, let me rephrase it it doesn't always work out in the way that i hope right. um but that's yeah exactly the, the the elections happen power transfers you know we we move on unless you don't and then you get arrested and unless... thrown in jail for as an insurrectionist or something i don't know yeah well so, so so far, no one has stormed, you know, like the, the county office buildings um, that I'm aware yeah. of. I haven't, I haven't seen it on Twitter now. Well, um, I mean, I, I stuck to my voting as violence, Kevin, and I've been very anti-violent this year. So, frankly, I did not vote. Um, didn't vote. Yeah, and wow. The people that want the jobs, those those town board jobs and stuff like that, like, fine. This It's good that they're in off-cycle years. If someone wants to challenge you, you kind of have to present yourself in a better, better light. You might have to do some actual campaigning. You might actually have to put up some signs. You might actually have to come across with an idea. But what you have on a lot of your small town boards is a group of people that are there for health insurance and because they've been doing it for a while and because this is something that's a part-time job to them because they care about their community. And unless you're really bringing something to the table, I say, like, their hands are practically tied. They're not making any big changes. Um, the worst thing they're going to do is it, hire a more aggressive dog catcher or something like that. You know? Well, no, 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 no. No, it depends on it depends on what it is, right? Like, actually, I, I feel that way sometimes with like the county level positions, because um, like they they really like a lot of their budget is is coming from New York State, but the town and city level stuff. Like the, the things that they do like really do matter. Like again, like this is where like zoning comes from, right? Like, and I was just like tweeting about how like Rochester has like. It's one of the the top cities for not building housing. And as a result, as a direct result of that, because we see what happens when you build more housing and you make it easier for developers to just do their thing, rent prices go down. What's happened in Rochester, where it's nearly impossible to build stuff, rent keeps going up. And instead of addressing that issue, you know, we have 
you know, my member of city council being like, well, you know what the real problem is? It's short-term rentals. Those people are just taking up all the spots and there's nothing we can do. There's a fixed pie of spots, you know, like we, oh, our hands are tied. No, just, just build more stuff. Just, just let people build if, stuff. If, if there's too many like apartments and stuff taken up by short-term rentals, just build more apartments. Like that's, that's all you got to do. You just let people build more apartments. It's really as easy as that. It works like that. I mean, Tim, Tim, you had alluded to some sort of, you know, like science, some sort of study. Can can you illuminate it? Do you know anything about this this thing? So there's these what, what, these, what's it called? These crazy guys from history wrote these books and stuff like that. And occasionally, you can get into a university that has entire departments called, and hang on, guys, economic departments. They teach you about the laws of supply and demand, and they teach you about how how the government you're you're blown away i knew you would be because not a lot uh, there's some sim simple principles behind a lot of economic theory and one is that supply and demand affect each other if supply contracts prices go up if demand goes up prices also go up but if you do things to ameliorate the supply issues make things easier to build lower the costs and interference in building, the prices go down. So if you want cheaper rent, build apartments. Guys, it's really, it's just this straight. Yeah, that's what it is. Kind Let of people build stuff. apartments. Let people build houses. Like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, there's plenty of evidence. Like it sounds so simple and, and it is like, that's, that's the thing. Like this, the, the places that made it easier, their rents went down. Every place, it's it's invariably you you posted a link to a study. Invariably, where they loosened up restrictions on building, rents went down. That's it. Even in New York yeah. City, where people yeah. have fled, like people have fled New York City. Guess what, Kevin? Rents are going down for the first time in years. In years, I mean, it's a bit draconian. Yeah. It's a bit messed up there. Sure. But rents are getting cheaper, and that's good news. <laughs> right. So now you too can own a three hundred square foot studio apartment for, or rent one for, you know, four thousand a month. What you a know, deal! What a deal! <laughs> great, great prices there. You, you won't find anything better than that. But, um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, we're we're about to come up on our first break. Thanks again for joining us here on a Solution uh, on WYSL. We're gonna be back. Just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I just say I, I, I. There's a bunch of comments in here. Let's see. I see John and Patricia. And Vince, and you know, I think I'm gonna save it for the radio show. I think we're, I think we're, I want to jump in. Yep, I think that and do that because, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about like voting versus uh, not voting too. Like, I because I, I have a philosophy like why I always vote in local elections, even though like there is a bunch of <laughs> there's a bunch of uncontested things in my on my ballot. Um, and uh, yeah. I, I so, yeah, we'll it's funny because you mentioned that sewer district stuff and the uh, small city stuff about schools and those yeah. those ballot proposals passed in Otsego County. So 
They did. Yeah. And then, and, you know, I, yeah, there's, it was pretty overwhelming. You know, I, I, I did end up voting for the first one, but, you know, I, I just couldn't support the second one. You know why? No. I'm just a big fan of cutting waste. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I, I should have tried to answer that. That would have helped your joke. That was, that was <laughs> well played, though. That was really well played. Well done. <laughs> yep. Had 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 to make that joke, um, but <laughs> anyway, uh, we 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 should probably get back to the actual show. The the folks listening on the podcast at least get uh, that joke. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that in there in the edit. We're back in three, two, a free solution. Back to a free solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Barrier O'Connor. I'm still here, Kevin, and I'm loving every minute of this conversation. We had, we had some comments left over from from our viewership on. Yeah, we did. So let, let's let's get to a couple of those. Uh, John on YouTube says, "For the first time in forever, I did not vote. No libertarians to vote for or write in." Yeah, well, you know, a Democrat <laughs> and Republican yeah. duopoly monopoly has very effectively limited our access to the ballot. But as Kevin is about to point out, or there is in these off cycle elections, you can get, create your own party, get enough signatures and, and, and run as a libertarian. You can name whatever party you can name your party, practically whatever you want. It's freedom, baby. It's yeah. I mean, you are like in the, and again, that's why I think like these local elections are, are so important to keep, in the odd years too is because again you can you can really engage people that is your opportunity like like in you know some of these legislative races in 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 monroe county it's it's only like you know a few thousand people voting like it's not a lot like you you have the opportunity to like literally talk to like hundreds of voters and like move the needle on the election sometimes i have it's possible i've seen i've seen a guy do it i have a hilarious story right on that exact subject so the, the local paper that, that collated all of the election results did everything in percentages, right? So I'm seeing things like 75% to 25%. And I'm pretty yeah. sure that means like four people voted or eight people voted. You know what I mean? Like No, I mean, that, that's how like sometimes when you like dig into the numbers too, you're like, okay, like what is, like, it looks like a big swing. Oh, that's like 15 people. Yeah, that's, like, that's, like, that's the difference. He, he won eight to seven. And so that's like 56%. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, yeah. that looks like a big, but you know, and so look, there is, there is an opportunity to, to have um impact, but I've, and Kevin, like, bear with me. I've gone to these town board meetings and it's wonderful to see the people in action doing this, the, the, the mundane job that they're doing, but it, that's why I had to run for Senate. I'm like, I can't run for town board again. I did run for town board once as a write-in and I got nine votes and I thought I won, but unfortunately there was some sort of whisper campaign and somebody else got 33 write-in votes. It was a little weird. Like they were threatened by me. I know like they kind of got out ahead of me on that one. But anyway, I came in second, but I didn't get a seat on the town board. And when I went to the town board meeting, I was really glad that I didn't win because well, you're like, oh, this is boring. It's yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like they would not let me talk um in that format like I talk in this format. And I just don't think that would be fair. It doesn't suit my personality. Uh, you can't you can't, you know, 
yeah, add, add as much of that 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 color commentary to the things that are going on. No, it's it's rude and not part of parliamentary procedure. Yeah. And you'll get censured. Yeah. Um, that would be great. God, that would be fun. <laughs> you know, now, now that you put it that way, though, I guess I could have I could have some fun. Yeah, that's right. Then you just yeah, have fun with it. Um, and, but again, to, just to reiterate, like the point you'd made to, like yeah, for like some of these like local elections, like getting on as an, like a uh, an independent nominating body, it's it's only a few hundred signatures a lot of times. Like which might sound like a lot if you've never done it before, but it's really not. It's 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 not that bad. I um, I I think we're down in the twenties in my area. yeah. Well, yeah, depending on where yeah, you are, because it's, it's, it's based on like the number of voters in the district. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's way down there. It's it's really a good opportunity. You could go out to your neighbors one day and have, you know, 15 of the signatures and, and that's it. You're, you're good to go. You yeah. know? So yeah, you, you could, you could do that and, and get on the ballot. And it, it's, it's going to help. It's not that it's impossible to, to win a write-in campaign, but it is difficult. It's, it, it's a lot harder it just because like, you know, you, you get a, a bunch of people who are just like, you know, they'll protest vote or, you know, they, they won't remember like who, what your name is when they get to the, the, the voting booth and then they'll just write in Mickey Mouse or something. Right. Sure. Like it's just they'll write it in the wrong spot and they won't count it for you. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seen, seen lots of that. But, but yeah, no, you could do that. Um, And then, you know, Patricia said, I, I don't vote. It. Uh, I didn't either. I didn't vote. Uh, no one was worth going out and voting for. Well, here's it, dude. Patricia, John, and you, Tim, too. Like the the reason why I would say, like, I I always vote no matter what is like, if I don't vote at all, it looks like I'm just like not engaged, right? Like, like to 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 politicians, like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, a bunch of people don't care, right? Like, that's what it is. If I show up and I vote, like, even if I'm like putting in write-ins and stuff like that, I, I I showed up. I can go up and like spoil my ballot. I showed up and I voted. I chose not to support those people, mm-hmm. right? Like that is. You know, like I, I had several races where like I wrote in people, even if they're uncontested, because I'm like, no, I don't. I, I want to show that there are more people who are just like, no, I don't agree with this. Like, let's, you know, have have something else out there. No, I, um, look, that's great. I'm not happy that I didn't vote. It's more an offshoot of um, being very busy and knowing that that like that this this offseason election cycle wasn't that important. And that, like, I really respect the job that my town board members do, even though I don't necessarily agree with the their end decision-making on everything. But they're pretty cool. They're just there doing a job, right? So yeah. I felt like we were in good hands, you know, so I didn't worry about voting. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's, again, that's that's what a lot of folks, like, politicians assume. If, you, if you're frustrated with them and don't show up, they're going to assume, like, oh, well, no one no one cares everyone thinks it's fine yeah. right and if it is fine then that's great you know that's that is what it is um and and you know i i'd rather people not vote on stuff too than to vote ignorantly and it, it's so funny i don't know so there's there's a a supreme court judge race um in our seventh judicial district in this area right there's one democrat and two republicans on like the republicans like one was incumbent was a new person and they, they were both like running serious races uh the democrat was not running a serious race and by not running a serious race is a woman named margot Garant. she is she's actually like a politician from long island and the only reason she was on the ballot is because she was on the ballot for a position down in long island and like need to step down she wants to step down for like health reasons and the only way that you can like have someone step off the ballot and like get a replacement on there is if you either die or you run for a judgeship and so 
sometimes like you'll get these like weird placements of judgeships, like these weird candidates that aren't even from the area in New York because they're trying to get off the ballot for something else. Okay. And that was that case. Uh, you know, that, that being said, she did get like a lot of votes in Monroe County. Um, like she, she got, she actually beat one of the Republicans. Uh, she got 33 and a half percent of the vote. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. She got 68, almost 69,000 votes, uh, in the County. And you know, and I don't know, I'm like, okay, did people vote for her because they just like, they, they knew something about the other judge candidates or because like, they always vote Democrat no matter what. And so like, yeah, just fill in the bubble. Like, I don't know, talking to people like the, the judge races tend to be very low information. People aren't sure what to like do with that. And like, it just, it's, it's weird to me. Cause like, I knew what the race was. I knew what she was doing. And I'm like, so why, why are so many people voting for this woman? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> just the party affiliation though. Right. Isn't that kind of, the, like, I, I, th- I think that's mostly the it. sad part of where we're at. They're just like, so yeah, that was actually, when I'm re- talking about my earlier race and where the kid was a very gracious loser, McGuire Benton, he still got several thousand votes. And to me, I'm like, I'm not like, he, he's an identi- identity politics guy, which I don't like. So I don't think that that should be important. But to 4,000 people in Otsego County, it was important. And I, I just don't understand that, right. you know, like because he painted himself blue, he got a vote. And, that that is I mean, not the race to be doing that in, you know. No, I mean, like I agree, it's not the race to be doing that. But like, there there are some people who respond to that. Again, I I complained about like bringing kind of a national culture war thing into this. Like, I, I retweeted this this guy Ken Jardin earlier. Like, there's a guy down in um, I think it was Long Island who ended up winning his race, running on like we're gonna fight immigration and crime and stuff. Like, he some people respond well to that. Like, I don't I don't like it when like local politics becomes about national politics, but. Some people do. Right. No, that's, that's fair. What it is. Um, and uh, so I get to, to this one from uh, Vince, uh, who says the hardest thing an elected local libertarian deals with is spending tax money that you wish you didn't have. Yeah. It is going to get spent regardless. What's the most libertarian way to spend stolen money? Um, do your best to lower taxes. He knows this. Um, he, he did. Vince, actually, we did a live show together. And I, I it was one of my earlier live shows. And I can remember <laughs> him kind of doing some crowdsourcing for a uh, uh, crowdfunding for a, a major disaster that they had in his area that they didn't have to raise. Decided to help fund the situation. It was, it was like, it's a great question. Do your best to lower taxes and then come up with creative solutions when real big problems come up. And so Vince did yeah. Yeah, I mean that that that's great, and you know, like my my response to that question again, it, it was really enlightening. I know not all Libertarian Party um, affiliates did this uh, in New York, but like we decided to like you know allow for some cross endorsement in some races in 2019. And it was really interesting talking to like town council candidates talking about the, these things, right? So like one, yeah, like obviously on the local level you can like affect like regulation things, right? I talked about my zoning thing, right? You can, you can do that. And there's also like, okay, the town collects money to, to spend on these things, things like uh, plowing services, right? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. If you are on the town council, like how do you approach that? Do you keep these services in the house? Do you have a contract? How often do you renew the contract? Does the town actually vet the contracts to make sure that they're getting a good deal? Like are people complaining about the quality of the roads? Like, so, okay. So for that stuff that like, these are services, baseline services that people expect, you know, what do you do with that? And then when you have the option to like spend money versus not spend money with something like trash collection, right? That like, that's an issue in towns around here. Some towns have trash. Uh, municipal trash collection some don't do they bring that on is there high enough population does it save like individuals money is it worth subsidizing that service um and then there's stuff like okay we have these these municipal buildings or something do you spend money to upgrade them and make them more efficient or add solar panels like yeah there's certain like legitimate functions of government you know yeah do you buy the good toilet paper too you know um, yeah like, but the, like, there's some like legitimate functions of government of local government. They're gonna like do certain things in the town, um, you know. Or, you know, I can think of like there, there's a case around here with like a library, right? Yep. There, there's an accusation from like interesting enough Democrat candidates that the Republican Party had overspent on the library and put the town in a difficult position. Okay, now what do you do with that? How do you fix um, that? Do, do you, yeah, yeah. How do you fix that? Do you do you cut other services? Do you raise taxes? Like where do you get this other money from if you've now put yourself in a position of like kind of kicking the can down the road and selling bonds to to fund the library that people wanted mm-hmm. right um, is the answer you know, to just go beg the state for money like i think that that would like you go campaign like i'm gonna get the money from the state because i'm a democrat it, i just oh, that that drives me that drives me bananas because like the city does this all the time like and it didn't cost us a thing i'm like yes it did <laughs> it did cost us stuff. it cost me stuff oh, it was like just because the state or the feds are paying for it does not mean it didn't cost a thing when, yeah when, it did one of the things that my my one of the democrat that i was running against when i ran for senate and he was very upfront about it and he stated it as a net positive he's like well since i'm a democrat I'm going to be able to bring a lot more money home to Senate District 51. And I'm like, more money than the Republican? I'm like, he's like, yeah, because I'm a Democrat. I'm like, and that's a good thing? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a problem there. I'm saying that politics is all corrupt. And you're saying, no, it's not corrupt because I can bring money home to our district because I'm a Democrat. And I'm like, and like the, wow. the implied thing is like, wow, yeah, sure, it's wow. corrupt, but I it's going to benefit you more if I'm the guy dealing out. The- yeah, you're gonna have more bridges, bud. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, like great. Yeah, right. More bridges, more culverts, like, more, so, more. You know, and again, it's like I get that. Like, okay, the state's gonna spend certain money on stuff. The feds are gonna spend like money on stuff, and like you need to make sure if there's a legitimate need, like you get some of that, right? Like that's just sure. I, it's not a good thing, but that's what it is. But like, it's it feels so gross when people talk about it, and it just it grinds my gears. And people are like, oh, it's basically free because we got the feds to pay for seventy five percent of it. Nope. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Yeah. It's not. And it's not really paid for. It's just it's just debt. You're, that's, and, that's all it is. Yeah, and you're and you're stuck with the maintenance costs on whatever it is, like forever. Yep. It's a, it's an added expense a, regardless of where the free money came from. You know, because yeah, people so people stuff. do that like that. That that's a a big thing with like towns and they they will get like state and federal grants for roads. Yeah. And then when it's time to like maintain the roads, when it's time to repair them 30 years later, they can't do it. They're like, oh, we we kind of expected to have more money by the time this came up and now we don't. What do we do? We 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 overbuilt our infrastructure and put ourselves in a difficult position. You get mad at your constituents and raise their taxes. <laughs> like yeah. 
you know, you, you, well, you pay for more money or you raise taxes, yeah. right? And then, you know, and then you get the money, you get the big thing, you overbuild again, and then it's your grandchildren's problem, right? When they're getting elected to town board uh, and they're like, what do we do with this? If you're the guy that brings home the bacon, though, Kevin, one of the net positives is that on certain stretches of the highway, they will put your name on a sign. Well, yeah, no, exactly. They'll name a couple buildings and stretches of highway after you. It's, yeah. uh, you know, and isn't that all worth it in the end? Um, Arguably, you know, if you're not religious, the, that not that that sign may outlive you. Then you know yeah, your, no, the, your legacy is going on into the next generation. The what's his face Memorial Boondoggle Highway. Hooray! Who's that guy? Um, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, it's 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 time for a break now. Thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. housing crisis could be solved so many different ways like deregulating housing for one right but then again i you know i i've got to go back to just how difficult it is to rent places out like decent people are getting overlooked because they're they're in a low-income situation because people are like well i can't the last time i rented somebody that's in this situation they stayed forever and i couldn't get rid of them and so it's like it's so not fair and we're, right. we're punishing the wrong people. It's just not. Yeah, I mean that, that's the frustrating part again. And this is like what you're talking about, like the state level, like eviction stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a law that like was built out of good intentions, but like ends up harming some of the people that it's supposed to be protecting, right? Because it, it's, it ends up being a seen and unseen thing. Like, oh, okay, so we're saving some people from getting evicted from like those jerk landlords, and. What ends up happening as a result of that is exactly what you described. It's, um, well, uh, I'm not, I'm just either not going to rent my property or I'm going to do a short term rental instead or I'm going to sell it or whatever. Um, and yeah, you, you end up with people who are struggling to find housing because of that. And same with like developers, like, oh, I want to build this because, like, you know, now it's going to be a pain if I have to, um, you know, rent it out to anyone. Um, yeah, so what are we going to talk about? Oh, here we go. Yeah, I, I want I want to talk about this other thing for Vince too, because I think we're going to shift topics for the radio show. But but I think I think this is interesting. Um, so Vince says before I was elected to my position, the town accepted a grant for New York State to put in a backup generator. However, the grant necessitated that we spend 150k on a generator ten times larger than what was needed. And he goes on to say, uh, a lot of times you almost yeah uh, you're almost pushed to spend the money. I don't know that almost it, like arguably Vince and I think you probably know this and I think you would agree. So it's not an insult, but like almost isn't the right word. Literally, the government demands that you spend money because it, it it's the whole game that they're playing, right? Like, oh, hey, we grew our economy. Oh, hey, we grew our infrastructure. Oh, hey, like it. it well, you know. well, so like the, the specific situation that he's talking about, and I, I think we talked about it like in the context of like school board stuff before, too, where it's like, well, uh, sometimes it's like it's unfunded mandate stuff. Sometimes it's like, and this happens a lot at the county level. Like, you have to spend this uh, Medicaid money because, like, we say so, right? Like that is that's just you were you have to, and yeah. you are going to raise the taxes, and you're going to figure it out, right? That there's a there's an unfunded mandate thing, and then there's like a grant situation where this happens a lot at schools. Like, okay, well, as a condition of federal funding that we are now reliant on, 
you have to do X, Y, and Z things. So they get you to do other things that then cost you more money that you have to raise taxes for in order to get money to like that you think you need to keep the lights on, right? In order to get the federal or state education money. Sure. And then there's stuff like this that he's talking about with the town grants. Okay, like we need to make this type of improvement and we want to get the state grant for this. Okay, so like the, the string attached to that that state grant is we now have to spend maybe more than we might have otherwise done. And you know, sometimes the math sort of makes sense, right? Like you're, cause you're getting the grant to do this thing and like you're getting the whole thing covered. Uh, and then, you know, it's shifted on to someone else and you know, it's like free money. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. And then sometimes you end up like putting your town in a worse off position because you're trying to get some grant money. And then you have to, to add on these other things in order to comply with the terms of the grant. Yeah. And, at the end of it, like, you know, I've, I've talked to like town folks and county folks about this before. And you're like, why do we even do that? Like, it seemed like a good deal. But now we're like struggling to comply with this and end up being more expensive than the money we got in the first place. That that is the thing. And, and one other argument that I like is that um, that I like, like, I like this argument, right? Like these infrastructure jobs, like uh, the grant money, the People make decent money when they're working on those projects. A, a local or semi-local contractor makes good money for for his employees. There's it. There's some of it that works, but what what the argument is is we're not getting um, the full external costs explained to us up front, and people don't seem to understand that that down the road the maintenance on this is going to be a burden to the taxpayers. And you know the guy that took that construction job is not staying here unless we have a continuous supply of those construction jobs. He's going to go someplace else. So there's a long-term issue. Short-term thinking, the Warren Buffett School of Economics has fully infiltrated our government and therefore the broken window fallacy reigns supreme. Like They have to spend money to grow the economy, to have good jobs, to keep this thing going, but they go further in debt every single time they do it. And it's just this vicious cycle and, and we're destroying wealth. And every, every yeah. show I get to talk about the broken windows fallacy, I want to, you know, make the point that we're throwing away wealth under the premise that we're boosting some sort of economic numbers that are not as meaningful as everybody thinks they are. Not when we account for inflation, not when we account for loss of wealth, not when we account for destruction of the middle class, not when we account for devaluation and people living on a fixed income. All of those things are problems when it comes to this Warren Buffett School of Economics. How's that? I changed it up a little bit. I added Warren Buffett, another kind of icon, you know, like another people, like he kind of gets people hot. So I added him to that, my rant, my weekly rant about the broken windows fallacy. <laughs> it's good. We, we need some uh, theme music for this. <laughs> I think uh, so I'll try to make sure I'm ready for that next time. Yep. Uh, I'll anticipate <laughs> the rant and just go. Something like the circus music. <laughs> there you go. Well, whatever tone you want to set. <laughs> it is a circus. Um, so that's the tone. Yeah. Speaking so, of circuses, what are we going to talk about yeah, next no. segment? <laughs> yeah, we're we're talking about some uh, federal issues. I think. Yeah. We'll pivot a little bit. So we're we're going to go back in like tw twenty seconds or so. You know, we'll talk about the the car shutoff thing. We'll talk about the Prime Act and, and maybe like. People are talking about the the milk bill again. So. Oh yeah, that Fetterman, that guy, that guy is. Yeah, good. he's talking about the the. Is it the Dairy Pride Act? Is that still the one? I think that's I Dairy Pride. Yes, yeah. Dairy Pride. Yeah, just, I don't know. That's ridiculous. All right. Anyway, we're gonna go back now. A free solution. 
Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and I guess we, we've got to shift, shift away from the local politics angle, and we've got to talk about some highly, like, volatile, you know, just state-of-the-art kind of discussions that are going on. Oh, wait, no, actually, there is a good one, right? We're going to talk about Thomas Massey, one of my favorite politicians, first, right? This guy, yeah, go for it. Okay. Talk about Thomas Massey. Well, what's he up to? Well, which which one should we talk about? Should we talk about his prime act? No, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. The, he took on the entire world um, by basically saying, I do not want to fund the kill switch law. Um, and, and again, they do weird things, right? In the house where they'll pass a law yeah. and then they have to fund the law and the law doesn't go into effect unless they fund it. So he... They've already passed this law that every new car is going to have a kill switch in it, which, Kevin, like, what what could be the <laughs> premise of a kill switch? Like, what are they going to do? Like, I get drunk driving. Drunk is, driver? Is like, they're going to just. Yeah, there's a, that, that, that's that's the, the basic premise of it is um, that drunk driving in public safety is is, you know, so like, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll kind of present that side of it. Like, I don't I don't actually agree with it, but like the basically the idea is that like every car should have some sort of passive way to be able to detect whether or not you've been consuming alcohol or you may be impaired while driving and then can like shut off on its own. And then also like have ways for like, you know, the, the government to be able to shut down your vehicle too. Right. So that's, right. that's those are, are ways to do that. Yeah. And that's, you know, which is uh yeah, it's a, it's a bit creepy. I mean, like they can already sort of do it, right? Like if you have like an OnStar system, I think they can like, they can like shut down your car. I mean, like the the way they they pitch it is like if your car is stolen, like we'll slow yeah, it down, right? Type Isn't of stuff. Yeah. No, no. Oh, uh, no. That that that's the tracking one. But okay. Like so, it's like it, it's it's already a thing, uh, and they they want to like make it a part of every vehicle moving forward. But but really, the the focus on this is um, controlling every aspect of our life. I mean that's like the underlying theme of everything. The, the specific one of this though is 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 uh, alcohol consumption. Okay, and maybe reckless driving. Yeah, which may go hand in hand with alcohol consumption, but also perhaps if you're a 19 year old and you know, I don't know what if what if a bad cop is chasing you and you need to like flee and he can just shut your car off. That's all right. I've seen some action movies. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you know. You're not you're not going to get to go John Wick on them. You're not going to get to outrun them. I mean, none of that's going to happen for you. No, he's going to shut off the car. They're just going to shut you down, and you're going to pull over to the side of the road. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, kind of, kind of creeps me out. But but so he, uh, yeah, so he uh, had an amendment to 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 modify this, um, and which which is interesting because it, it ended up failing at two hundred one to two twenty nine, so like pretty pretty close. Um, uh, and only two Democrats voted for it. One of them being Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, look, if she wasn't such a psycho identitarian communist, I think I would actually like her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, all right. So she wants like special, like sunscreen from Korea. Great. You know? So she takes on the FDA. I, that's not selfish at all. I get it. Um, I don't know, man. She 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 might be uh, one of those Democrats who's like occasionally libertarian until you know, like economics comes up. You know, <laughs> oh, okay, well that's all the way. Until no, she's like communism, you know. Until she does that yeah. part of it, and like you know, there are things that I don't want freedom for. And, and she does play on the 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 the, the uh, populism 
um, identity politics, which drives me crazy. But she does occasionally come across with good takes. And lately, Kevin, like I've been going, look, I've been tweeting, you know, competing on her tweets for attention. And I'm just saying, if you weren't such a communist psychopath, I think I'd actually like you. Like I, I've been saying that to her and, you know, with mixed responses, sometimes yeah, I get I'm sure she loves that. But yeah. uh uh no I mean, it's, the, the, she has some very reasonable opinions on like civil liberties issues she does. um and like and even some like regulatory issues even though it's like it, it's funny because like there's a lot of democrats who like realize that there's an issue with regulatory issues like like the stuff that came up like stuff that comes up with zoning stuff that came up with like the sunscreen uh regulations stuff that came up with the baby formula regulations a lot of democrats are like wow there's like a problem here we need to fix this right. and like you and i are just sitting here like just okay you're you're so, so close to getting so close. it but like their identity politics it's like they're gonna do it one issue at a time we're gonna force the fda to let us have the sunscreen that we want we're gonna Fourth, yeah, you know. right. And they, yeah, and they 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 frame it that way. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna like get this demand. Like no, the, the the problem is the regulation. Like you're so close to getting, There's... so close to getting what the actual problem is, and and just jump to like, oh yeah, we want this thing, and it's it ends up yeah. being all ad hoc. So um, yeah, so look, Massey took on the entire world by he was accused of defending Rashida Tlaib, which is in fact inaccurate, but. He stood by free speech, and I don't like Rashida Tlaib. I think I've been clear about that on this show. I think she's also in a, a divisive identitarian. But he's like, look, sure, we can punish her for certain things, but what you're actually trying to do is not correct. She She has the right, just like everyone else does, to free speech, and I stand on principle. Again, it's hard to not like a guy like that for, for me, you know, and, and – I've taken heat for liking them because people are like, no, that's a stupid take. Punish the Democrats. And it's like, we have principles, bro. That's what this country was. If we don't get back to the principles of what this country was founded on and what it's the bipolarization, Kevin, of the United States of America. Get it? Bipolarization. It was my big joke. I've been working on it all day, (laughs) all day. How'd I do? There you go. All right. Great. All right. Good stuff, man. Yeah. (laughs) You can quote me on that one too, guys. Bipolar. Great. Get get, get the video cuts ready. Yeah. Um, So, so anyway, yeah, no, I, uh, no, I I do respect Massey when he, when he actually sticks to his principles on this stuff and he, he, he's, he's, he's solid. He's, he's one of the more, I don't always agree with him, but he's at, He's at least fairly consistent, and yeah. I can respect that. I was even mad at him when he didn't participate in wanting to punish Adam Schiff. I was a little bit like, oh, my God, we've got this guy. Take him out. You know, just crush him right now. And he was just like, that's not how this works, you know. And, and he did a massive explanation on Twitter, and I had to read through it, even though I was upset. And fine. Okay, he was right. I forgive him. Like, But still, we had Adam Schiff right where we wanted him, and I hate that guy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, do, do you want you were going to talk about something else with Massey too, weren't you? Oh my God, it's the worst thing ever, Kevin. Like, remember, like Adam Schiff said something cool, and I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. And you're like, you posted a meme where the worst person ever said something I agree with, which happens <laughs> as a libertarian happens far too often, right? But yeah. So Massey, um, we've got a couple things going on. Um, but Massey has always been a proponent of this Prime Act, which would allow local farmers to introduce their products in a more direct fashion to your local grocery, okay? Which 
would be an absolute freaking boon for beef prices, an absolute boon for beef production in your local areas. It would be an absolute, like, know where your beef is coming from because the laws right now, as they're written, you don't even get to know where the country of origin of your beef product. It's like kind of ridiculous. So anyways, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, oh my God. Kevin, I can't even say it because that's how much I don't like her. I can't even say what she did. But all right, she sponsored the Prime Act Believe in the me. Senate. She did it. And I'm I'm very happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. No, I mean I got representation I get... from my senator. It's wild. <laughs> you know, I my are like once or twice a year, like positive representation from Every every once in a while, Senator Jill Brand and Schumer get something right. It's weird. Yeah, well, trees for Rochester and all over the state. Who could who could argue against trees, bro? Actually, everyone loves trees, man. We love trees. Yeah, millions on trees. Love yeah. it. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, uh, like that's a frustrating thing. It, but she did do so it. I, um, she used to be very pro two A. She was. She, that's how she got elected in rural upstate New York. Like she got. Yeah, elected. she she was like a moderate member of the House. Yeah, like for a while like just, yeah she was okay and then she kind of you know i don't know whatever went down this communist wormhole but here she is doing something good for for america for your local know, I, I, i'm surprised that she is willing to embrace beef anarchy yeah um but that's you know what, like I, I, I yeah you know i'm bad, interested to see like how how she's gonna support totally you know, I, I heard that it means that meat is totally unregulated uh, now, and that uh, <laughs> and like people pointed. just like be getting rotten meat that yeah. that the feds can't inspect. Yeah, your um, local, you're, and, you're still going to go through USDA inspections. Like it's just that it can't get to your local grocery from the local farm. It's the weirdest thing ever. Like I know, it's just it. Like, it, it, like it's it's funny how like I'm 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 just. For, for those listening that aren't clear, I'm mocking like how people talk about this, not not what it actually does. Right. Um, but I think they got that because yeah, yeah, and I got it. Um, so that's that that's all right. So that was really good. I'm very happy that Kirsten Gillibrand um introduced something with common sense, and and that would be a major benefit to rural New York. Um, which is great. Uh, John Fetterman also taking a stand. <laughs> Um, for dairy, another product. ag issue. The, Let's the, uh, the Pride Act. Yeah, you know, like it, it, it's yeah, it came up again. Uh, the the uh, what's it? What's the name of the act? The Pride, Dairy Pride dairy Act. Pride yeah, act. Dairy Pride, Pride Act. act. Sorry, guys. The Pride, and it's it's here to protect, you know, us from getting all confused because you know us us people we're going into the store and and we we just see something with milk on it and we're like ah oh, god obviously that comes from a cow like someone milked the coconut. Um, and, and, you know, like, or, or how would they get the, the cow's milk in the coconut? I don't know. It's so confusing. Uh, and, and so like what they're going to save us, the, the, the members of the Senate and folks like uh, John Fetterman, they're going to save us from getting confused with, with, with coconut milk and, and almond milk and these other, you know, non-milk milks. And they're going to prohibit these companies from putting misleading labels on these non-dairy products. Like the milk say it's going to get regulated. It's got to come from a cow yeah. or like another like animal that produces I milk. Can, I can tell you right now that dairy farmers are, first of all, so thankful that the day after daylight savings time that John yeah. Fetterman came up with 
reintroduced the Dairy Pride Act. Um, he, he's also making news on another area, Kevin. Like, there was, a, I believe, a pro-Palestinian um, protester at one of his speeches. And the guy's yelling at him. And, and John Fetterman, snazzy dresser and witty comeback, says, look, I, I've, I've had a stroke. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> Directly to the Palestinian protester, which is honestly a pretty fair comeback, you know? Hey, you know, like, fair I, enough. I mean, he, he is in the Senate. Like, yeah. you know, there's some expectations there, but. um, I mean, in a way, like I like the way he dresses and I know that drives people crazy, but I, look, I've, I've lost a lot of respect for our governing institutions. We, we talk about the reasons you why. had respect. What's that? <laughs> you had respect for our governing institutions? No. Well, Kevin, I used to be a neocon, man. I'm like, we're going to solve this pro these problems in this world by exporting democracy at the point of a gun to foreign countries who we have economic interests in, right? So it was like, yeah. oh, but hold up. But why aren't we forcing democracy on Saudi Arabia? Well, that's not going to work because they have oil. And I'm like, well, kind of my whole neocon principle is like, that should be a democracy and they'll still sell us oil, you know? So it's like, there was a lot of cognitive dissonance kicking around. I was mostly busy making a living, so I didn't take it too serious. But I'm just saying, yeah, sure. you know, my neocon days, I had some respect for what I perceived as the institution of the U.S. government. I had a lot of respect for what I perceived as the most successful societal experiment. And I still have a lot of respect for that. Like, I'm not. Yeah. But for the most. Successful we got like, a Tim, we got like a minute left. Oh, no, man. Well, anyway, the U.S. In the, in the the successful societal experiment. We're in trouble yeah. times. The Republicans got it all figured out. Some of you guys probably watched the debate. We should talk about that. No, <laughs> no, maybe, maybe we'll talk about that in the after show. Um, I, I think I want to end with again reiterating how dumb the Dairy Product is. Like, I just it like I, I this thing pops up every once in a while. Like, and I'm sorry, like I can't. It is so ridiculous and so like paternalistic it, to say like wild. us dumb consumers don't know the difference like we don't know what we're getting when we get coconut milk like and it doesn't it does absolutely nothing to help dairy farmers it is like empty vacuous like virtue signaling like oh look i'm supporting the farmers no you ain't no nope. it's not like we're we're not getting confused about this nope. stuff nobody's confused nope uh, except for maybe john fetterman but like whatever <laughs> ouch <laughs> ouch just saying yeah. like no it's I, I know what i'm getting i'm I, I, i'm choosing to drink dairy milk because i i don't like almond milk that much oat milk's okay I, but i'm usually just using dairy milk i like almond milk i i don't like yeah. coconut milk yeah, you know like that but like we all know the difference no one is getting confused here the government does not need to step in it's fine <laughs> butt out guys just anyway like just take what i said there and apply that to everything else too yeah and on that note we're gonna end the show in the, in the radio show. All right, thanks again for joining us here at wysl on uh for those listening online we're gonna keep going a little bit uh well anyway again thanks for joining us have a great night folks take care I know you, you want to talk about the, the Republican debate was going on tonight, right? It yeah. was, man. It was. Did you did you catch much of it? I the only thing I caught was like the one line from Vivek Ramaswamy about the the three inch heels. That uh, that one, which, I you know, it it was a banger. Like it was, it was a good. Yeah, one. I tweeted it. I tweeted it out instantaneously. It was perfect because it was on the subject of uh, you know war, which I hate, and for lots of reasons. You know, 
Um, at, at the least of which is that that truth is destroyed in war, and and we're seeing the worst of all wars. You know, everything about war we're seeing as a society right now. And so when you listen to the Republican debate, it was the the first one I listened to. We were going to war with China, like that's it, you know. And now this one is every Republican on stage, except for Vivek, is like, well, what we have to do is really start beating up on Iran right now because Iran responds to strength. And it's like, okay, so now we're at war with Iran. And I'm like, look, there's there's problems with Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. But like, listen, if he actually if the Republican Party actually wants to put a meaningful foot forward and say we're actually about liberty, Vivek does the best job of articulating liberty. Like I, I like some of the things that Ron DeSantis says, but he always swoons authoritarian and in a way kind of scarily authoritarian, Kevin. It's not like he's yeah. not halfway authoritarian. He's not like, hey, he's like, hey, Disney had a great deal. They made me mad. We're taking away their great deal. Like uh, the great deal wasn't just for Disney. It was a great deal for the entire area that they took from Disney. So it's like, so when he goes wildly authoritarian, he's like, he's terrifying. He's like, Hey, we got rid of, uh, you know, Confucius schools and like, you know, like free speech. That means nothing. That yeah. John, John in here with the comment, uh, John on YouTube says, love the Santa saying he would prohibit any pro Hamas speech on campus. Let's end the first amendment right now. Let's just end it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Again, like, and, yeah, like so for, for for Ron DeSantis and folks like him are like, oh no, we need to like you know end this stuff. We shouldn't allow like any like pro Hamas stuff. Like the people who do this suck, right? Like really, like the people doing like the the some of the pro Hamas, like not even just pro Palestine, but pro Hamas stuff. Those people suck, and like they deserve our scorn. But they have First Amendment rights. Like that is a foundation of a free functional society is the First Amendment, and we don't get to arbitrarily erode that because of our preferences. Preferences. Yeah. Yep. You know. So like, yeah. Those guys stink, but like that is what makes our society function. And we will alienate the folks who are doing that. There's going to be consequences for them being detestable and supporting detestable organizations. Yeah. We don't need the government to step in and, and ban this speech. In fact, it would. It's a bad idea. Even more seriously. Yeah, it's a bad yeah. idea for like a million reasons. So but, let me let me put it to you this way, Kevin. Let me ask you a question. And I, and I can tell you you're a lot like me. Um, though younger and still believing in the, you know, <laughs> benevolence of like our political class. Uh, I'm working on you there. But look, have you ever had a conversation with somebody where their mind changes just a little bit, like their emotional level comes down? I can remember when people were very pro Hillary and I was like very anti Hillary. And we I'm I'm pretty good at having conversations with people. And at the very least, I'm not sure that I changed their mind about their vote per se we were able to have a conversation because they were saying crazy things. And I'm like, well, that sounds crazy. So like if someone's coming at me and they're all pro Hamas and I say, seems like a religious theocracy. And I'm not sure that that's what we need. Where's that person going to go if they don't have me to reflect that off of you? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying there? Like, Yeah. Right. Like it's, yeah, that's an opportunity to engage with folks. And, you know, it's it's fine because, like, they a bunch of activists will make, like, kind of gotcha videos of, like, folks who are, like, caught, like, talking, showing up at these rallies and talking about Hamas, not really realizing, like, what they're doing or they're talking about them as, like, liberators and stuff. Like, and, and a lot of them are just, like, naive. Now, right. there are some true believers out there. There are some people who, like, 
no, what they're doing is good and I believe in the cause. But then there's a bunch of people who are just kind of it's like left wing contrarian. Sure. Um, and that's like kind of where they're at. And and you know, you, you, you talk people through that. There with that contrarian yeah. idea. A lot of young kids are very contrarian and they get caught up. So yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. No, I mean that 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 was mostly my point though. It's like to, so there's an opportunity to talk to people that they 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 can have their speech on campus, do their thing again, not just because it's a fundamental first uh, amendment right thing, but also like there's opportunities for counter speech too. And, you know, I always make the argument like any anytime the government can like start encroaching on that right and start building on their efforts to like have speech that you don't like forbidden. And, and by forbidden, it isn't just casually like, oh, you're not allowed to do this. That means that the government can use force to prevent you from sharing your ideas. Right. Yeah. It can be turned against you. Like every time we do that, ratchets it up a little bit. Like we need to continuously fight for this right. It is a never ending struggle to fight for free speech. Um it is. because like there's always gonna be people on every end of the political spectrum who are gonna try to take it away, who find other speech like ugly or dangerous or whatever. And so and I bet like I've talked with left wing folks who said the same thing too. Like, we need to ban hate speech. I'm like, okay, you wanna ban hate speech. This was during President Trump's presidency, and I'm like, what what happens when he considers like your communist beliefs like hate speech? I didn't say that specifically, but like what what happens when like he considers Black Lives Matter protests hate speech or dangerous? No, that that is a, a fundamental First Amendment right. If you're on the left, you don't want Donald Trump using that power. If you're on the right, you don't want, I don't know, RFK Jr. using that power. You yeah, know, like no. The simple because he's talked about like like executing the Koch brothers or something like what was this thing on that? I don't know, but it was yeah. He, he like he thought like you should ban like speech that uh, like is against climate change. Like he had a, he had a whole thing on that for a while. He, look like that. That's one of the things about RFK that 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 terrifies me. Right? This this in first of all, we're in a populist authoritarian society. I, I feel as though it kind of like the. The total populist rhetoric in my life started with like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was very much a populist, right? He certainly was not so much an authoritarian and he certainly was an effective like free trader knowing that um, it would increase the perception that Americans had more wealth, which it did, right? NAFTA increased the wealth of Americans because all of a sudden we could buy lots of junk for less money. And, and people talk about devaluation and I'm like, well, like devalue Taco Bell back to five bucks, man. And I'll eat there three times a week. You know what I mean? Like let's, it, it's okay. Devaluation on some level is wealth accumulation. It depends on how it happens, but like we shouldn't be right. just afraid of it. Yeah. No, it's a the thing that, that can be fine. Sometimes that, that devaluation, that lowering prices, uh, it means people have better access to some goods and services like Taco Bell, bro. On McDonald's. Like Taco Bell. Like, come on, man. It's just like people gaining efficient Taco Bell TVs, things like that. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Pretending that a $13 um, cheeseburger from McDonald's meal is like a sign of a healthy economy is truly problematic. And maybe I, I don't know how to bring it home for, again, again, I've always asked this question. How do we bring it home to a, more people? Like, Hey, you just paid $18 for a big Mac meal. Like, there's a problem in the economy. Do you realize that, like, maybe if we did it as a percentage, right? Like, $18 used to be, let's see, how would we do it the other way? All right, a McDonald's cheeseburger would cost you one-third of an hour's worth of work. And now it's costing two-thirds of an hour's worth of work. Would 
explaining it like that help people out or are they just too stupid and bipolarized not depends on who it is right but like because that's i mean it is an important way to think about stuff right like you know if you're thinking of like okay for this one meal based on what i'm getting paid now like because you, your, your time is valuable like is it is it really worth exchanging an hour of my life that i got some money for that i'm gonna have to exchange another hour of my life for to go get this cheeseburger i literally do it all the time like i don't know how everybody doesn't do it do you do you do that at all like i'm like all right this shirt yeah. this shirt is gonna cost me an hour of my time i don't like that shirt you know what i mean if it's like- yeah no i i do I, yeah no i you have to think about that it's like okay this is this is my precious time that i you know i could have been doing something else and especially like when i'm doing like uh like freelance work through my okay i know my hourly rate for this roughly what i make an hour yeah. uh if I want to go out and get this thing, it's going to cost me four hours, right? That's four hours that I'm not able to watch TV or hang out with my wife or hang out with my kid, whatever. Is it is it worth getting that thing? Yeah. No, it's sometimes, sometimes the answer is yes. But if that thing can't yeah. propel me across my lake at like 50 miles an hour, I'm not sure it's worth four hours, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like I'm just saying. It's a, that's a good reason. Yeah. I, I, like I can fill up my boat with you know, two hours worth of work. And so like, that's like 12 hours worth of beer drinking and good times on a lake. Like it's, it's the way that we've gotten so politicized as a society that we've lost track of what really matters, what's real value. So when inflation is 8% a year or 4% a year, and your hourly stays the same or grows at 2% a year, it, you're losing economic economic freedom. It's real. Yeah, so it is. Like it's, it's eating away at your time. I think about taxes the same way too. Oh because God. there's always that the tax freedom day stuff. It's like, okay, so you can think about it that way. I had to work, you know, whatever, like four and a half months to uh, – to just pay the government, yeah, my property yeah, tax. This is all that that those you know. I know you're you're. It's it's getting you know spaced out, but like, how many months did you have to to toil to make sure that the government got their cut? It's it's wild. Like if if we see that shrink, that means wealth is growing. Um, if we see some devaluation in certain areas. That means your wealth is growing. If we see less war, that means our wealth as a society is growing. So when we talk about, when I watch a Republican debate, everything while I was watching was focused on war, right? And they're like, well, we only have 250 naval ships and what we need is 600. And we need 600 naval ships in four years. And it's like, you know, we're going to pretend that's a win. I actually got to thinking even more, as long as those naval ships aren't blowing up bombs, that's accumulated wealth for society, right? So as long as they're not getting sunk, I'm like, all right, build a naval ship. Like some, because we're such a big, huge society, some group efforts have to go on, right? That that do demonstrate wealth and that do arguably demonstrate power. So build a ship. Just don't shoot anybody with it. Don't drop bombs out of it. I'll be like, okay. Yeah. Tim, uh, 
Big fan of the the military industrial complex, just not using it. Well, ships with no guns, I guess, is what I should say. Ships with no guns. Well, I don't know. It's not going to scare anybody. No, I get the conundrum of what I'm saying. You know, it's just like, yeah. Well, I mean, no, that's the thing. I'm mean, like, there's like a a joke on like the West Wing about that. Um, about like that that there's some presence that that's how they govern is you know like they they like big militaries and they don't want to use them. There's some who want to cut military spending. They want to use them all the time. And yeah. Well, ar- arguably, like the, the pyramids and arguably some of the structures we see in South America were like the government coercing or convincing their societies to expend some of their excess wealth to balance out kind of a Keynesian economics principle. Right. So that they don't they feel some sense of scarcity so that they don't I, I guess so they don't reproduce indiscriminately, which re, re like which leads to poverty and poverty leads to war kind of thing. So it's like, Hey, help us build this thing and we won't end up wrecking each other. It, it's going to be great. So, is that the, well, I mean, like maybe, I, I don't know that like, may, uh, I, I don't think that there's anything like the, the pyramids and whatnot were built for the explicit purpose of like keeping the population down. Well, I mean, it, like maybe like a, a focused common purpose, but, but really I, I mostly thought of it as like a vanity project, but I know it's more complicated than that. Well, arguably so, so there's there's a lots of schools of thought. So like modern archaeology is saying the pyramids were built to, you know, for as a vanity project for for um, pharaohs, right? But other people are saying that the pyramids were actually built much longer ago and like are much bigger, and they keep discovering new pockets of the pyramids. And so. I, I, guys, I've been listening to Joe Rogan. You can't like this stuff is not my fault. Like, I'm just waiting kidding. for the aliens discussion to come. Yeah. I mean, it could be aliens. Who knows? But but arguably, something about that discussion made sense. Where we do a a societal project that a we enjoy doing, that b you know presents something that lasts into the future, and that c takes some of societal's excess and and invests it in the structure, right? Or, mm-hmm. and therefore, we respond better and we interact better and we avoid some levels of poverty. Does that make sense? Because if we're, we experience hard times and we just stop building the pyramids and then society kind of goes back and struggles harder for food and there's less of them. So I'm not sure if I'm the best guy to put words to this, but it does on some level what I'm saying makes sense. Uh, it, it makes sense in the, the, the way that someone could certainly justify it that way. I don't know why that makes sense in a, this is a smart idea type of way. Oh no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. That problem <laughs> with it. It's Keynesian economics, yeah. right? It, so, isn't it on some level like the Keynesian philosophy and, and whereas as a libertarian well, yeah, spending money for the sake of spending money generates the economy, right? That's sure. It, it is, know. it is modern monetary theory, right? And some right. successful societies, especially in, in South America, <clears throat> that that's one of the theories as to why they did it. Although they, they aren't positing that it was necessarily um, on purpose. So it could be the vanity project, like you're saying, but it still helped society be successful because it created, it imposed an artificial scarcity. Hmm. Interesting. My philosophical three beers in kind of thoughts, you know, that's the way I got it, man. So that's, that's what you've learned from Joe Rogan. And, uh, arguably Joe Rogan is, is 
a lot of you guys, if you ever listen to him, Joe Rogan is way more into period pyramids than you might anticipate. There's going to be a lot of conversations <laughs> about pyramids if you listen to Joe Rogan. Why not? I don't know. I I I had a uh, like phase for a while where I was watching all the History Channel content on on pyramids and stuff. As whenever it was, I was like twenty years ago now. But yeah, what, what do you think? Just vanity project for pharaohs. Not for aliens. Obviously. Oh, for aliens. Okay. So, I, yes, I do like the idea about aliens. I do. <laughs> um, I, I still, I move big, heavy things all the time. And I'm like, I can figure out ways to move big, heavy things with 20 guys relatively easy. So I'm just kind of like some of it. The, the but, Wait, yeah. Seen like any of the TikToks of? Well, I mean, I think there's a guy who did it a while ago, but like he was showing like moving these like 20 ton stones by himself. Yeah, and he was just doing like like rocks and pivots and levers and it, like all of that stuff was already in my brain um, before TikTok came along. And so when the internet first started, I I sought some of that stuff out. I watched a guy spin up like 40 by 40 structure with a like 25 foot two by four. As long as everything's balanced. It's a wild thing. You you could lift a 20-ton stone two inches at a time just mm-hmm. if you have its point of pivot. That's it. it. You could get it way up into the air. Like, it would be wildly dangerous. <laughs> right. I mean, there, there there may have been some workplace accidents building the pyramids and Stonehenge and stuff. Like it, may, it may have happened. But they could do it, right? It's not like... You, you don't need modern cranes to, like, be able to build that stuff. It uh, makes it easier for sure, but, like, there are ways of doing it. I said, you, you find that pivot point. You can move – shift stuff around. You can move it up and down. You know, it's it's possible. It It's entirely possible. There was – I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about, but it's not leaping back into my brain. Oh, should, should we talk about the um, – how are we doing on time? Uh, I mean, we, we we can keep going as long as we want. But right. What's, what, what is arguably it? we our longest has ever like ever been an hour and a half. But like the declining support for the Ukraine war on a couple levels is a encouraging, but b also a testament of of sadness. Like it was always going to end here with Russia acquiring the territory that it wanted, and so uh, what do. You, Real, walk me back off this ledge. Like, first of all, maybe the Ukraine war isn't days away from being over. Um, and arguably, like, perhaps there uh, is a purpose to NATO supporting Zelensky. Well, all right. So, like, it, it's interesting because I've kind of watched this on, like, the, the right-wing Twitter side. And we're like, oh, my goodness, like, the, the war is going to be over now and Ukraine's collapsing and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not quite what happened here it's more like american and western newspaper uh media outlets reporting that like the u.s is starting to pressure ukraine to seek like an actual solution to this because they're 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 in more or less a stalemate right now they there's there's some offensives haven't like regained the territory that they're hoping to and, and gotten that decisive victory Russia's regrouping and going to be able to like hold their positions for a while and that there's a lot of fatigue on like the American side and the European side for continuing to provide weapons. Like it's not, it's not going to be endless. Um, the political support for that is going down. Therefore the U S has been, Hey, uh, maybe figure out what you can get now because like, if you don't, 
you could keep fighting, but you might be doing it without our support, and you may end up with bigger losses because of that. That's the the real high level version of that. Sure, and, and I, I I appreciate that analysis, but that as part of this narrative, as it changes, we're finding out that that there was arguably a desire to make peace much sooner. You know, like eight nine months ago, there was a desire on Ukraine's part to make peace that was discouraged by his NATO alliances, right? Like Boris Johnson went to him and perhaps put the kibosh on peace talks with Russia. And I'm frustrated by that. I'm disappointed by that. And I feel as though it's, it's goes to the ability of the U S to pretend it's growing its economy that like, I don't, I mean, it, it like that to me, like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, okay. I'm sorry. Like, I like I've seen people say that, but like, I I don't quite understand that. I didn't like see that as being like the way it played out. Like, I mean, the the Boris Johnson. I think that was like is actually longer ago than that. Okay, but um, which makes it worse it, in a way to me. You know. Yeah, but like, it, I mean, like, and and it wasn't quite like uh like hey you need to do this because we say so. It was more like well, uh, we think it's important to take a stand here. You're gonna lose your country. Like, and you know, like you don't have to go into peace talks if you don't want it. Like, that's the way, like I understood that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and like, it's, it's not so much like the United States is like, Oh yeah, you need to keep doing this and throwing your people, you know, at the, at the Russians just because like, we want to sell weapons to you. It's more like they want to keep doing that. And the U S is, wasn't until recently putting pressure on Ukraine to like force a peace deal because it did, support some of the u.s's geopolitical goals but okay. the ukrainians also like want to fight because they're mad you know they've had their territory taken sure. they're not sure. happy with it and they're staying in the fight in part because the west is willing to back them and if the west isn't willing to back them anymore then they might not be able to sustain that fight because they'll get even greater losses um you know if if they continue the war without an agreement in place yeah. I think my internet is dropping a little bit, bro. Yeah, now you're getting you're getting kind of fuzzy on my end. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed a lot of that. I apologize. My, my internet's going out. Must be the weather kind of thing. Um, all I know is is war makes me sad and it makes me angry at the people encouraging war. And so, I, I was not a big fan of, you know, I wanted a, a fast resolution. Um, so I, I didn't get it. Um, people are still fighting. And, and that's that to me is very, like, I don't know. I, I can't say it enough. It's yeah. sad, you know. That's sad. Again, but, you know, I, on the Ukrainian side, like, I get why they're fighting, right? Like, if someone's like, did you drop, drop completely, Tim? I don't know. Um, you know, I'll, well, I'll make my point while Tim comes back, even if he's, he's not going to hear it. But my thought is just, okay, like, if... If someone invaded, you know, a chunk of New York, you know, like a bunch of people here be like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to get that back. And we're going to be really mad at anyone who tells us, like, we don't deserve the fight to get that back, especially when you have, like, maybe relatives on the other side of that yeah. who can't escape. That's a fair point. It really is. Um, that's why I've always been trying to just maintain an anti-war posture, even though I, I get again, when we get into the Israeli and Palestinian conflict, if I was a Palestinian, I get it. If I was an Israeli, 
I get it. When I get into Ukraine, I get it. I don't know. But my my internet's kind of like dying, so. Yep. So man, it's, it's time to end the show. Yeah. We, we did pretty good, though. We, we got it out there to an hour and a half. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, folks. Have a great night. Have a good night. Yes, happy Veterans Day. A free solution.